watch Pod Jerky all the time, every week, every month, every hour. This is the show. Pod Jerky. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Pod Jerky. I am your host, Director Awesome, and on today's episode, we dip into the bag from the Northern Touch show again, and we welcome actor Adam Bush. Adam has actually been a guest on Pod Jerky several times, as well as been a part of our conventions that we do virtually on Facebook. Uh, he's been a fantastic guest, and he agreed to come on to the Northern Touch show and talk about music with uh, Thrust and myself. And here is our discussion with Adam about music. And at the end of the episode, he has a very special treat for everybody. Do we have him now? You got me. Oh, there we go. (laughs) That thing gets everybody, man. I thought it was just me all the time. I'm the worst with that. That's fine. That's awesome. Ever-changing set of rules that I can never quite get right, depending on what device I'm working on. The other one we encounter is if you use the phone like I am now, whether it's the Android, the Apple, is where they put the buttons and then how it fits into the, the camera mount. So you always end up putting it on the side and then it clicks like that power button and you take a picture of selfie or some other thing and then you go, hey, 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 I was about to go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you got it. They think about the technology sometimes and all the stuff it does, but then a lot of times they don't think about like the practical, you know what I mean? Even if, what is it the face recognition, all the phones now, like, oh, shoot, face it, Rich, COVID. Yeah. Well, we got to go back to... Yeah, Adam, yeah, welcome yeah. to the show. How you doing today, man? Better and better. I really agree with you. I feel like a lot of these... Um, devices or systems that are put out have never been checked don't you get the feeling that no one has ever actually tested whatever you're using in the field and not figure out one or two of these simple little changes that would be so easy to make it accessible to everybody but they've never actually tried it like the creators of zoom have never actually tried a zoom on different devices in different settings with different people and learned oh shit there's a lot of fixes we need yeah because there is man like everyone gets caught coming out with that mute everybody i've seen why would you turn it on and have it muted like I, i'm turning it on to like i'm coming on here to talk i am mute and then even the picture like why is the pitch picture muted yeah but what you like, have to like on meeting, websites like, too why, right do we make music hey you have a music background add up too so that you know right so hmm? it's just it's funny man especially you have a music background you see how you put things together man where are you caught where are you from where are you living now where are you situated Adam? i'm from the bronx and raised in New York, and now I live We're in, in the Los Bronx. Angeles. My, my aunt's from the Bronx, man. I Bruckner Boulevard, Bruckner Boulevard, right next to Sam's Butcher Shop. Wow, my aunt, uh, she passed, but she was like one, uh, one sixty seventh, uh, Ford, off of Fordham there, right, mm-hmm. close to Yankee Stadium around there. Now, right, yeah. right near the birth of hip hop, actually, like two blocks from her. And then my other aunt is in um Brooklyn, so I'm I'm from Toronto, Thompson, from Toronto, but I was raised between Toronto and New York my whole life, mm. so. I have a timeline with you, man, my brother. So I saw you. I didn't even know you had the music background. I'm into hip hop and stuff, right? I know you from the acting. So Tom, uh, when you first said we had opportunity to do, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then he was saying how you really uh, were keen on talking, you know, about your, your other passion, which is the music. And I go, well, that's perfect. Because, you know, you got a music dude here. And then I, I seen the New York. I did a little bit of info. So uh, yeah, it's well, cool. Well, man. Adam's been on Pod Jerky a couple of times, uh, and he's and he's joining us in our virtual convention as well. 
And, you know, the last time we spoke, I believe it was the last time we spoke, uh, I told you that I was working on a project with Thrust. Um, and I said, I can't say anything right now because we don't want to release any of this uh, um, information yet because we didn't want anybody to know about it. Um, so we started this new show called the Northern Touch Show. And uh, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, back in the 90s, it was 99, I believe it was the Northern Touch um, single that came out. And that was a collaboration of uh, hip hop with um, a few of the big hip hop stars here in Canada and Thrust was one of them that was on there. So we kind of took that name from the the song that came out, the single, and they called that Canada's anthem. Uh, it's actually Canada's anthem, that song. So um, and ironically, took that name. Uh, yeah. Ironically, the song has irony. It came out the same time. Um, it had the same sample as DMX, Get At Me, Dog, the same time. So you know you from New York. It was premiere and um, Pete Rock, all them DJs, they kind of had the two songs mixing. It was that Christmas around that time. So rest in peace, DMX. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And uh, yeah, it's cool, man. So we just took that moniker and figured, hey, let's let's do this uh, cool, uh, I know, talk show kind of thing and, and get into topics, man. Because you know we both have music backgrounds, but then we got a whole bunch into music it means you into a whole bunch of other things. I agree with you. And once yeah. you have that musical knowledge, numbers and rhythm, you can apply that to any art. Exactly, I believe. Let me ask you guys what what would you say are some of the defining characteristics of Canadian hip hop? Um, well, it's hard to say Canadian because that's the problem. Um, most of the origin of the sound of it came from Toronto. Toronto was the base, the core of it. And if you look on the map, it makes sense, right? We've had a tie to New York City since the inception. And our tie was just, like I said, I was in New York my whole life since I was a baby because I had my aunts, uncles, nephews. We have Caribbean backgrounds. If you look at Toronto as a city in New York, have you been, have you been to Toronto uh -huh. at all? So it's very uh -huh, yeah. similar. It's like LA, space that was, but the multicultural wise is like New York City, but it's more multicultural than you. In the sense of our neighborhoods are not, like, you know, you're in the neighborhoods in NY, they're all, it's segregated. You know what I mean? Like, you could see, you know, when you're in, oh, I'm in Spanish town. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, here we have that kind of population, but everybody's integrated. So every street, you will have that, but it's all mixed together. Every bus, we intermingle more than any city. We're the new Berlin. Right. And we've always been like that. So that's why we have this gumbo. It's almost like New Orleans created that gumbo out of that same thing. Right. So where you hear our hip hop, it's very from the core, the root of it, it's very authentic because I was that dude every summer. I was there. You know what I mean? And then we just imported it in the car and drove back. It's a seven hour drive. The border is a five hour drive. If you're in Montreal, it's, it's a four hour. So we just imported the culture back and forth from visiting our aunts, uncles, cousins. We were them kids, right? And then we, and then us having a Caribbean background, remember Toronto also, 90% of the, uh, the, the black population in the seventies and eighties was Jamaican descent. So you see, we already, had, we had sound systems just like her, except we understood it. So we have a strong reggae, Caribbean, we have all of that. We have everything. So. It's the perfect place. It's, it's the per it was just the cult, the same culture. But the difference was we live in a country that Canada, though, on a whole, on the map, you know, we share North America, is a conservative country, hmm. right? America is a progressive, I, I say, I don't want to call it. In a sense, most like a capitalist type country. You guys, you know, get up, go, American spirit, America way, let's get it, hustle, go. Can we don't, we're, we're not like the, 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 the the culture here is not as boisterous. So when the hip hop came up, they're like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Cause we're bringing that rock, but yo, no, we had enough of this. No, you know what I'm saying? We still had the same struggles, but our population is still the same. 
So even now, if you look at it in, in, in 2021, I tell people our cultural influence was never that strong, but we were always here, mm. right? That's why Drake, like, when, when we've always had it. We've had hip-hop artists here from 1983. We've had, in 1987, we had nine artists signed. We've artists that slid through the 90s, but we were just in the, in the, in the underground, you know what I'm saying? And we didn't really aspire to be higher. So it's, like I said, everything's just a matter of time and people are just starting to see our story. But it's so amazing because it really is authentic. Most American hip hop artists, their first show or their first interview on TV is for much music up here. Uh-huh. Harris One I... has said it. I remember Big Daddy Kane. I came up with that promoter, just so you know. I was at all those shows with the artists too. From Too Short to... I don't know. I could tell you all the names if I could go through, you know, the goal. I'm talking about the 80s. And when and they were here, they battled Toronto twice. We had two big battles against Toronto. New York invades Toronto. You know what I mean? BDP at their prime, man. So as like I said, we've always been a mix. We always had DJs. We always had dancers. We always we have we've always had a scene. And it's just that our scene was denied by our own country, our own city. Right. And it still is denied. We never had an artist sign up here yet. Even though, even after Drake, no one had a direct signing. It's crazy. Drake wasn't even a direct sign. He almost didn't even come out. So we always had to be independent like how LA was and just have that spirit to go. I think that's what I think. A lot of the directors, they're from, if you look, you ask, they got that Canadian background. How did you, right? Little X, big up X, director X. So yeah, but uh, that's interesting. You asked the question like that. Why did have you traveled Canada a lot? What have you seen up here? I have traveled Canada and I've worked in Canada and I've toured as a folk musician my whole life. And Toronto is known as being very friendly to the folk scene. And there being a lot of clubs like that, like the West Village in New York that are open to that. And I have found that one of the reoccurring themes is an inclusivity, which I really enjoy in terms of the music and the scene that I've experienced, but not in terms of hip hop. I haven't explored that directly. Well, the thing is, it's like we were the one and we still are. That's why we had to create this show. We're the, it's like, the, I remember when Conan O'Brien came up here, right? Speaking of another connection. And they had a whole week in Toronto. Let's do a special on Toronto. We're here for a week, man. And they didn't even reach for Russell Peters, man. Wow. Right? Yeah. Like, they jump over us. And it's so saying, it's discrimination. Like, I'm still a brother, man. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, it exists. And I tell people... It doesn't exist on the level of us being social, interacting and going around, but it's on a corporate level, which is still the same thing because the basis of racism really is power. So if we're not empowered, then you are no different than the cops in the States. It's the, if we're not, that, we have a high level of violence in Toronto. It's wild, man. Toronto ain't no joke, man. To be a rapper in Toronto, man, I'm lucky I'm from this school, man. They know I ain't running around with them with this, man. They, it's crazy, man. Most of what you see, you hear, if you check it, you can see. So it's, and it's because the youth don't feel that a sense of empowerment. They don't see themselves on that level or in the culture, man. Even for Drake, I look at or anyone on that level. I look, I'm like, where are you really, man? Like, are you really in all them places, right? You know, look at the Raptors. What's his name on the team? He should be on every billboard everywhere. You won the championship. That was New York, Atlanta. Da, da, da. You won championship tours everywhere I go. Kyle Lowry. That's what I'm thinking. Big up Kyle. Kyle be everywhere. I know they respect him, but he would be everywhere. And you're talking right? if he was in the States, not in Canada. States, Europe, yeah, South America, the world, man. Canada got to compare. We got to compare ourselves to the world. Everybody, we got to stop. He knows what I'm saying, right? You can tell I've been on both sides, right? I know Adam's like, I like this. Uh, we got to stop. It's like Canadians are really, really the best of the good at a lot of things, but we bond to this being the Canadian best. And I think it's like the biggest drawback. The rest of the world, they just, this is my art. Here's my thing, uh, put it together. You know what I mean? I'm going to export. 
You don't like it here? I'm going to export it. Now, what you did, Adam, with you, how did you guys start out with you guys? You guys were together 20 years as friends. Like, how did it go for you musically? Like, how, like having growing up in New York and doing music with friends, that's cool, man. You know, those blinders that you talk about can be universal because I remember asking my parents, did you know that where you were in the Bronx, there was a hip hop revolution happening all around you at exactly the time you were there and they have no knowledge or memory of it because they were completely isolated from it. And I'm explaining to them that there are bars in Japan that are recreating what the Bronx was like when you lived there and you had no idea this was even going on around you. And they moved from the Bronx to Long Island. And Long Island is the suburb outside of New York City, yeah. as you know. And yeah. any suburb outside of a major city is a breeding ground for extremes. So you either mm -hmm. get serial killers or you get like massive artists because there's mm -hmm. a mentality of people that live next to the big city, yes. which is that people will travel for all around the globe to go to New York City. But the people that live an hour outside of New York City will never go. They no. will never go. They can ride the Long Island Railroad into the city for free if you yep. have tickets to a show. They're like, yep. free tickets. No. And they don't take advantage of it because they don't yeah. give a shit. So you mm -hmm. can be so close to the greatest, one of the greatest cities in the world and as far away from anything as you could ever imagine. So those like-minded people who peek their heads up and look out for more tend to find each other. And that's mm -hmm. just what happened. The musical people in my neighborhood who are all still working in music now that I met when I was a kid, we found each other. When I started going to the city and taking acting classes when I was 13, those kids that were in that class with me at 13 are still working and still doing it. And we still keep in touch. Because Did you go to a, like one of those, like, I know there's a lot of people in New York, um, those called like the New York School for the Arts type thing. I did. Just... I didn't go to the professional children's school, like from fame, but I uh -huh. went to the Lee Strasberg Theater Institute on 14th Street where they had a young kids program. And that was just everything that made me a loser in Long Island. <laughs> made me a hero in New York City. Everything about me that felt different and weird and off and like I needed to change was embraced and celebrated in New York City. So that's when I went, forget Long Island. This is my home. This is what I want to do. And I found those like-minded people. And we all started making music together. My father, um, both of my parents were school teachers and my father taught a music program. So he instilled good music in us very young. He loved jazz and loved mm -hmm. 50s music and really hipped us to all that stuff, which his open-mindedness was my blessing. And Yeah, it takes yeah. one, right? It just takes one to like, it's amazing that one, right? Yeah, an older brother that. or a yeah. father or a relative yeah. or some cool uncle that's just, listen to yeah. this. Yeah, oh they see it God. and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it was just the cover like, art. Sometimes it was just like the cover art of some Miles Davis record. And I was like, is that is happening? How did you, who was your, you, you play the harmonica. I love the harmonica. Harmonica's mm -hmm. cool, man. I remember Dougie Fresh beatboxing to play the harmonica. I thought that was the craziest thing I ever saw in my life. He beatboxing through the rolls to play the harmonica. Yo, mm -hmm. man, how did you, uh, harmonica, what, uh, saxophone, what else did you do? You know, you do vocals, right? How did all you get into the instruments? How did that happen? Because I wanted to be in the band. And if they'd be like, we'd have that, I would learn something else. Or I would say uh, I play it and then learn it real quick because I just wanted to be in the band. I wanted to be out on the road. And if somebody could sing better, I'd be, okay, I'll be the drummer. And then I'd learn how to play the drums. And then as I got older and I wanted to produce records, I found it easier to just know a little bit of every instrument so we can do this all together. And so I'm yeah. mediocre at many different instruments instead of being really great at one. Uh, and and uh, are you still doing the, the band thing? Are you still with uh, your buddies there with the band? We don't play as much anymore, but I've been playing with this folk singer named Dan Byrne. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and he tours in Canada a lot and he tours, he plays a lot of those folk festivals and he writes a lot of songs for TV and film that we work on. And I still put songs in D and films and place things. And I still produce records for other people, but I play live lessons. Did you get a chance to uh, tour the East coast of Canada? Did you get to Where? go out to like Newfoundland or any no. of like, Oh, you got, Oh, my brother. I've oh, been to Vancouver, friend, Montreal, like, Toronto. Cause they got a lot of bands. Wasn't a great big C and all yeah. this cool. I've been out there. Cause it's yep. by the what is, you know, if you see pictures of it, you're like, it looks so wholesome. But when you touch down on there, you're going to go because it's in your cards, right? And what you do, it's just that I know it's expensive. I also said if, because I only been out there twice and I've been in the scene for a minute because it's so expensive and it's so far to fly out, right? And you can't even put it on a tour route. But no, but I live in Canada and I've never been there. Like on your wow. card, like, try and get out there because what you're doing and, and, uh, and, your, and the music you do and everything, oh, you right? You know what I'm saying, Tom? You think I'm yeah. right? Yep. The whole East Coast, anywhere out there, Halifax, Newfoundland. Newfoundland's right by Maine. So if you've been out to Maine, right, it's very close to Maine. So we have been out to Maine. There's a popular folk club in Maine. I remember getting, um, we were there on Halloween, right by Stephen King's house, where this. Yo, I was there. Yo, you know what I'm talking about? Yo, I stayed. There's a hotel or something around there. Mm -hmm. I did a show down there. I was on tour, believe it or not. I toured with uh, the Scoop Soul Decision. And we're touring with, I did a tour in the States. I was touring the States for about a year. I toured with Destiny's Child, Mm -hmm. uh, Christina Aguilera, believe it or not. And I did that in sync tour that year. I was on those three big tours, like the biggest tours, crazy. So we did all those crazy spots man and our driver i really got cool with the bus driver but i'm like just, I'm not, i know i'm because hip-hop i think this makes you a people person so when people know what he talked to tend to lie to me, that's the guy i want to talk to so i say hey, what's up what are you doing the guy they ignore and he ended up being the guy he goes oh we go to maine come find me and he did this drive and we went into the spot yeah man it's nice there isn't it crazy All straight up that hill i remember feeling like we were straight up a roller coaster getting up to his house tom you seen it on tv you know what we're talking about like, yeah 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 what you know about that? I think it's oh man, we did it at night. It's at nighttime, you come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think what you said is very true. I think hip hop musicians and comedians, those are the people. Those are the mm-hmm. ones at the party. They're going to be talking to the wait staff. Yeah. Those are the ones that are going to be in the kitchen. Those are the ones. Yeah. You know, if I they, walk it first, and it worked. For, I remember we went to um, we had the Junos. We went to first. I went to the East Coast, Newfoundland. This is the best time in Newfoundland. Land in Newfoundland. Me and my homie Marlon, he's a manager for the Times Group Brass Month, another hip hop group. We went to the hotel, we worked out, and we went to this inclusive thing EMI was throwing. You know, the label, you know, right? You've been in this, you're like, hey, label thing. So they go, and if you ever go to George Street, you'll go. If you ever go to Newfoundland, everyone eats there. It's the number one fish spot. They got scallops the size of this because it's ice water. They're like, it's right the furthest uh, northeastern point in North America, right? So when they get the fish, when it comes in, it's the freshest fish you can get. You know what I mean? It's not shipped nothing. Shrimp, the, my hands are big. God, jumbo shrimp. You ain't seen jumbo shrimp before. So we had this, all this free meal. We went to the bar. What's the first thing? We went to the bar. 10 minutes, the guy gives us a free drink. We both hand him $20 each or 30 or something like $30, $40. The whole week was paid for. I can't remember how much. We came, he goes, what are you guys doing? This is all inclusive. He goes, nah, man. I go, we here, man. You here tonight. Nobody's going to do it. You're working. And he's like, we're going to take care of you tonight, man. That's a story for later, though. Tom mm-hmm. asked me about that later. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, it's a hospitality. It's like there's a Southern hospitality, which I've seen, and there's like Northern hospitality. They got it. the East Coast out there. Those people are beautiful, man. I think there are many similarities between Canada as a whole and the Southern states. It's just in terms of like people that look you in the eye and mean what they say and take their time and are sincere and thoughtful. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas definitely. when I'm from New York, when somebody looks me in the eye and speaks slowly, I think I'm about to die. Yeah. Well, we yeah. had we had this conversation, I think, uh, with Sarah. You know Sarah from Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast. Um, she we were having this conversation about New Yorkers, and she was saying that like New Yorkers, like they'll slaughter you when you go there. They just they're always in a rush, right? So it's like you know you're walking by. Uh, somebody and if you're new to New York they'll just walk almost like right through you if they're going to the bus or they always have something to catch they always have something you know what it go. is you know what it is Tom and he's gonna know I've been to New York it's because everybody that travels goes to Manhattan if you go to the outer boroughs it's not like that yeah. when you're in Manhattan that's like it's like going in the heart of Toronto Toronto won't get like that too and Toronto's sort of getting like that too if you go down Bay Street some little places the financial district and the, like it's just but that's people got to realize that's where everything originated like that. So you got to like, a lot of people know the history, the history of New York City, right? And a lot of industries and all that stuff started there. So they had to get it going because if they didn't get it going like that, then the world's pace would be super slow. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? In a way, you ever thought about that way, Adam? Like, that's the way I see it. Well, no, I appreciate what you're saying in terms of like, most of those people are tourists walking very slowly having a completely different experience than that guy who's just trying to get to the train to get to work. And they're yeah, all okay, forced they to go. Like, they're the yep. get, yeah, and it's like, go normally if you go to Mount Rushmore, you're around a lot of people that are yo, taking man, their time and enjoying Mount Rushmore. York, like the yeah. money move, the money move. Yo, yo, yep. it can't, the money can't be moving like that with everybody just going, hey man, yeah. hey, mm-hmm. stop it. Like, that's why I get so frustrated. I'm on Toronto. Toronto's the most frustrating place. If you come, you'll see, you'll remember I see you drive. It's crazy. Because Toronto had a population boom. Probably had a good population. We always had around 2 million, 2.5. But now it's like 5 million, right? And the driving is just crazy. It's not like New York where we got like, we got a lot of like two lane, two way streets. Not like New York, you got six lane, one way streets and all this. So it moves around, right? I always tell people here, if they're in politics, I said, you should, you need to look at New York and all these other big cities, change a lot of these streets and make them like, when you go up young, it's all one way north. You come down bay, it's all one way south. So the flow of traffic goes. It's like you're driving in a small town. And we got 5 million people, which is like 25 million cars, man. So it's almost, it's like our traffic, they have a show, Highway 401, the craziest highway, man. Oh, it's nuts. It's crazy. But, but look, in that, but New York moves. Like, for, like when I take most people, they're like, oh my gosh, this city moves. I go, yeah, look how this city moves around despite having all these people that's on the record and so much more that's off the record. Well, there's one <laughs> speed. We're all moving in New York forward and in one direction. And if you're yeah. not going that way, you're going to get caught. But it's reliable. You know yes. they're yes. not going to stop for the pedestrian. So don't yes. jump in the middle of the street because we're not yes. stopping. You know in what's any like other city, Even L.A., it's like, yep. oh, are they? Should I? Are you going to? No, we get, get to put New York. Nope. Yeah, they straight. hesitate, man. You're we're going straight. straight. Europe's like that too, though. That's why I say, Casey, drop that. <laughs> what's this? <laughs> If you're going to turn right, turn right. I learned to drive mostly. I learned to drive when I was 16 on the way to New York. My trip, I drove even younger. My parents had a farm. Actually, I was really young. So I would drive to whatever, but that's his farm drive, his side road. But on those trips, and then most of my driving from 16, I was, my summers were in New York, was in there. And going on the on-ramps, tell a man about the on-ramps, man. You know, our on-ramps, you've been up here. We got all this long distance to go on, exit into the highway. Yeah. Right, Tom? You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. Right? Imagine if we ship all these cars. I, I tell people, if I shipped you guys down there and made you go into the highway right here, 90% of these cars would fail. You know what I mean? If you're going to slide, everybody honking. Because eh, you got like 10 feet of room. Go down the exit ramp and get on. No long merge. We got like two miles of merge. And these people driving, they hesitating. Oh, it's so like, oh, my gosh. That's the only thing international and traveling, when you come back, you're like, certain things you're like, mm. The only thing I can compare to is Boston. Because I have been to Boston. I have drove in Boston. 
And, you know, we came up to like this four-way stop and, and we didn't know what the hell was going on because nobody was stopping at the stop signs. It was like, everyone just kept going. And I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. There are four stop signs at all corners and everyone just kept going. And people would just walk in the middle of the road while you were driving. And I was like, that's, that is the way in New York. You know, pedestrians rule when the light change, when the lights the other way, the cars go. And I love that, man. And when I come back to Toronto, I used to come back every summer. I spend like, I'd spend like five weeks and my cousin from Queens would come and spend like five weeks and they, they go back to school. That was my life till I was like 20. And I, then I go every March spring break that I go, you know, every little break. Right. So that's how I grew up. And sometimes I go to Philly. Sometimes I go south. I had family all around. So I had aunts and uncles in Florida. They drive up from Florida to New York to meet us. And sometimes it's just weird. I don't know if people spend life in a car driving. So by the time I went to music and touring, people go, you're like the most road ready dude. I said, dude, my parents had me in the back of a car driving this old cutlass, cutlass old mobile everywhere. I mean, we flipped the meter on that car like five times. I'm not even lying, man, before I was 16, right? And then I took a lot of flights. My parents traveled. But yeah, man, that's the thing. It's good. But Montreal, I was going to say, Adam, you've been to Montreal too, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't Montreal mind you a little bit? Like, they drive good too. They drive, I, but they have that European style drive. Europe, if you go to England, even if you go to London, you've been, right? Look how they drive in London. Even the buses, yo. Them double-deckers, they move, dude. Mm-hmm. They're boogie. When I say they're boogie, dude, when they take the corner, I thought it was cool. You know, you're on the TTC and how we have, when the train take the corner, you're like, no, no hands, right? You play cool. I got, I got my, you know, yo, I was driving Piccadilly or something, whatever. The thing went, and I thought it was, I was fell out the bus because they leave the door doesn't close there. Yep, like, you yep. go on the thing. Yeah, man. Everyone looking at me like, you're not going to hold on. <laughs> yeah, man. And them roundabouts, when you go to the roundabout, no hesitation, man. Them roundabouts, out. I, and the thing, no, no ages of nothing. 65, 50, 40, 13. I, I looked at every car. I wasn't driving then. I was like, let me see this, man. The first yeah, time we toured in London, man. we were um, crossing the street, heading to sound check, and I was next to the trumpet player. And like every American, he looked the wrong way before he crossed the street. And just like you were saying, one of those buses right out of nowhere. And the, the, the wind knocked him as if the bus had hit him because it was so strong and so close to his face that he fell back, landed on his back. We lean over him like, are you okay? And he said, well, if I'm going to die, at least I was dying with my trumpet in my head. Yeah, man. Smack, man. Yo, man. I'm thinking, dude, man. Yeah. And everybody drives stick, no standard, dude. I just see, I looked in cars, I was looking for, a, I saw two standard cars. I was into cars, but I'm looking, looking, looking. I was, I was into comparison, right? I, was into, I saw a lot of North America from young. That was my blessing from young. I was traveling since I was like a baby, one of those people, right? And then music started traveling me since I was a teenager. I was doing music since I was 15, touring. I toured with Public Enemy since 15, like Public Enemy 15, and it just went on and on and on, right? So my path is different. So... Yeah, man, but I never went to Europe. So time I went over there, I was like, what's the difference between Europe and North America? Like, and London was the thing, right? Yeah, and my mom went to uh, Pittman's College in London, too. So she had family over there, too. So I always had people visiting. But that place is cool, though, man. For music, that's another place. I got to go back. I can't wait to go back when this thing clear up if and when or whatever. So you got to stay healthy. But what else? So, um, yeah. I first went to I Montreal went- as a kid to work mm-hmm. when I was working at, on Nickelodeon. A show moved production from... Universal Studios Orlando to Montreal yes. when they started offering all those tax breaks. And that's when I went over there for the first time. And I remember thinking as a teenager that these are the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh Everyone my just gosh. looked like some French model. I could not believe it. Wait, you know what it is? It's like certain places you go, Vancouver's like that too. And I, and I tell certain people, it's not that that the women that women are beautiful everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. But when women or a man or whoever, a human being, let's want to get uh, politically correct or whatever, a human being knows how to dress to compliment themselves, it's a special thing. And in Montreal, I find, I tell people, yo, when you go there, everybody knows like their shape and their whatever and how to compliment and bring out their strongest features, man. And then you got the accent. Mm-hmm. And then the worst thing is the most, the thing we all love, I know Tom's smiling. Then you're sitting down eating this meal that's just so amazing. Right? Yep. Wine, yep. nice meal, some crazy state, and you're looking around and it's just like, oh my gosh. You're just and like, what are you doing? Where French? are you, you going? A little? You speak a little French? Do you speak? No, I don't. Do you speak a little French? 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 Do you speak a little you know, they, they talk a little bit faster than I understand, but yeah, I could get by a little bit there. Hey, as long as you can say, where's the washroom? Where's the hotel? Where can I eat? And get back. Like, there's not too much more. It's funny. Language, right? There's a few things you need. The rest. And then you can tell me you don't speak the language. Then you're okay. So it's not that much to learn. I got to learn Spanish. If I don't know any Spanish, I always want, I don't know. I was never into languages. It's weird. For artists, it does. Language is never my, like, passion. It's weird. I was thinking about that the other day. I you feel like as a musician. Language, Adam? Like, do you have not, any not no? really. I can speak no. a couple words in a couple languages. But what I've experienced, and I'm sure you would too, is that if you spend time in a Spanish-speaking country, you will learn it without even trying. After a while, yeah. you'll find yourself speaking it and you don't even know how that happened. It's like learning the lyrics to a tune and you have, you've just been listening and all of a sudden you stop listening and you know it all. You know what it is? It's not, we don't have a huge, a dense Spanish population. Even in Toronto as a multicultural city, it's not, it's very small. Like it's not, you know what I mean? The influence. So it's not like, and when I go to New York, yeah, in New York, you can't get away from all, everywhere you go, right? And when you go to like LA, Miami, certain places, they have like that. So it's just like part of the fabric, right? So, but we don't have that. Like it's for, that's one thing about Toronto, I always say it's a multicultural city. We don't have a huge, we don't have a huge Brazilian either, but we have a bit of everything, but that's, yeah. Yeah, but when you know, you know how it go. Everyone's got their differences. We're going to take a quick break to show some love to another podcast. Did you know that there are over 1 million podcasts out there and over 30 million episodes? So why should you listen to Pod Jerky? Well, we have a little bit of something for everyone. We discuss topics such as fertility, pet peeves, Netflix reviews, music, conspiracy theories, and everything in between. We will entertain you, make you laugh, and make you cry. Our amazing guests are also sure to put a smile on your face. Tune in every week to Pod Jerky on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. Pod Jerky, bringing you original flavor. So anything else on the plate that we can look out for from you? Anything new? Anything you work? Anything you can let out the bag a little bit? A little treats? Oh, um, next week, check out the TV show Chicago PD. If you guys haven't seen that, I'll be appearing yeah. on that. Uh, all right i think on tuesday or wednesday of next week on nbc please look for that and you're you're going on that next week i, I would assume oh sorry you've been on it already it's been already filmed and everything yeah yeah, yeah. i just got back from chicago and i think it airs next week on the awesome man so it's like you had fun you had oh, fun yeah. you're, you're digging you're digging the role of the character you had fun it was a good it's a good one well it's cool for um for a bigger budget nbc show they do try for realism as much as possible 
possible. So we'll be shooting in some really rough parts of Chicago, shooting a murder scene. And then there's an actual gunfight happening next door and the cops pull up and there's all the fake cops and the real cops and no yeah. one knows what's happening. And it's just chaos. And they'll be like, no makeup, just wear what you're wearing. Like really trying to make it as raw as possible. Those characters. Yeah, but then- because you have to pull it off and get out, right? So yeah. That's pumping. That's, you got, that's good for the scene, though, because the scene, like when you watch the scene, the intensity of the scene is the real intensity. That's mm-hmm. why those shows sometimes just do it. I wonder, because you watch, right? And like, how do they really, because they do do, like, oh, is, is it like in a studio? Because this is, this is super intense. So that's cool, no, man. we were shooting in a pawn shop and the real pawn shop owner was there and it was all their real stuff that was set up and everything was locked up and they have two cops there to make sure everything is you know according to code mm-hmm. and what the cop would do and and they really are going for this realism that's really nice and there's some moments where which is my favorite thing to do in any genre when you have that moment where you're like i'm not even acting i'm not even mm-hmm. counting beats i'm just feeling and expressing myself and you get to have those moments where like they're filming me they've blocked down this street they're across the street with the camera it's just me and i'm standing there and it's starting to rain and these are real people they don't even notice we're filming and I'm just existing and people are bumping into me that don't even know this is a scene. And I'm like, I'm just walking from A to B, living my life and I am getting paid as art and as real as can be. All I'm asked to do is feel. And that's my favorite thing in the world. That's what they taught us at Strasbourg as a kid, which was like, okay. You oh, you're a cancer, right? Experience Tonight. something for you. Yeah, you, I'll experience you're something cancer. You. I'm, I'm into astrology. You're a cancer. Tom's a cancer too. Oh yeah, and I'm yeah. and I'm a Scorpio. I think so you're I'm only a, ten days away from yeah, my man. birthday. So actually, it's all water. You're yeah. a six, right? I'm a six too. I'm a fifteen. Mm-hmm. So I know what that means. You like you don't like you like harmony. You like peaceful things. You like beautiful things. You don't like things to be disruptive. And in cancer, your home got to be right. Everything got, especially your home, it got to be proper. I know it too. Yeah, you got the same birthday as the RZA. Me, I'm, I hung with the RZA a lot. The RZA got the same is that birthday. true? July six. Yeah. The oh, RZA. I didn't know that. Ooh, yeah, but but going back to the acting, like I, the last time we had talked, you told us a very uh, funny story about J.K. Simmons, and uh, we'll get into that because you've got to work with a lot of like really really like high profile actors from Men at Work. You got to work with a lot of people that came and even guest starred on that show as well, uh, even if it was for four or five episodes, whatever it was. Um, I mean, Amy Smart was on that show. Uh, you had uh, Stacey Keebler was on that show. Jay, uh, Jane Seymour was on there. Seth Green, Laura Prepon, Ed Asner was on it. You got a scene with uh, Lance Bass, uh, which was a pretty cool scene. Uh, what was that like to work with all of them? It's amazing, especially Ed Asner. He was incredible. And that's big, man. There's a thing with um, older actors where it's just in their blood. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like watching a baby on a tightrope. You're just like, well, they're going to fall. And then they never do. And it's just like gymnastics. You can't believe it. You're watching them because I'll be honest with you. Ed would say a line and it was so brilliant. And then he would give you this look that said, I have no idea what I just said. And I have no idea what's coming next. And you'd see that panic. And then it would disappear. And he'd remember and he'd say the line. And then there'd be that panic again. And then it would come back. And you, if you just stuck with him and looked him in the eyes, it would all happen. It just took a little bit of patience. So it's kind of similar to working with younger actors too, where it's so mm-hmm. pure and so raw, but there's almost an unawareness of where they are and what's happening. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does make sense, man. In recording, so it's, a, to everything too, it's like somebody new in the booth, somebody new, yeah, in the recording oh, yeah. process, somebody, like there's different levels of it. 
it's the same reason that like some of the greatest singers on stage can record anything great in the studio. It's you a completely I mean? like, different it, beast. And what are you trying to do? Beasts. I'm sure yeah. you wrestle with this. Are we trying yeah. to capture that live personal experience on tape or are we creating a new piece of art that's going to be built? Are we creating that? Like, what is it we're doing? And it's tough because some, especially in the folk world, I've found you take that guitar or that instrument out of their hands and the singing is different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When they sing and play, they are kind of jamming with themselves and little syncopated rhythms, little just yeah. different things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just come out, breaths like mm -hmm. James Brown, like where the breath mm -hmm. and the cough and everything is all a part of the tune. And then mm -hmm. you take that instrument away and it's stiff. And suddenly mm -hmm. it's not, and they're like, well, I'm singing it fine. What's the difference? And you're like, it's a huge difference. It's like night and day. One's like a duet and the other is like a monologue. Mm -hmm. And I like that duet with yourself. That's what I, yeah. I got a good ghost face killer story if you want to hear it. Oh, we'd love to hear that. Let's go. There's a horn section that we would play with um, in the folk world that does a lot of hip hop stuff. I think it was Scion put together this tour with a lot of uh, hip hop artists and they wanted a full like orchestra to mm -hmm. back them instead of tracks. We're going to have this full orchestra. So this horn section that we play with a lot got to be the horn section for all these hip hop guys. And yeah. Ghostface, I guess, wouldn't show up. You never knew if he was going to show up for Soundcheck or not because Soundcheck was not for him. He knew yeah. the tunes. The Soundcheck was for the band. So he's like, you guys can figure this out without me and I'll show up right at the end. But someone needed to rap while ghost wasn't there oh yeah so, the standing <laughs> just to stand in just for the cue lines you know what i mean so a buddy of mine who's a white jewish trumpet player from long island oh man was the band leader and yeah. he is working with the band ghost isn't there and he's reciting the raps because he knows them and he's dropping <laughs> tons of words that he has no business saying in private let alone in public you know the song do you remember the name of the song at all? i like, don't yeah. know which tune it was can you I say like remember. a line from it i probably know it would be so crazy to know i wasn't there was. this was a story told to oh me. okay I, go go I keep going i want to take energy go i don't want to take energy keep telling yeah so um my buddy is 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 rapping and cueing this whole <laughs> orchestra doing Ghostface lyrics and Ghostface shows up and the whole band just stops playing. And the guy's still rapping and still rapping. He looks up and he's like, why is everybody stopped? And he turns around and there's Ghost. And Ghostface comes over to him. Yeah. Taps him on the shoulder and he says, you don't say that word. I say that word. You say neighbor. I was like, okay. And then every time he'd do the rap, every line was my main neighbor. I'm talking to my neighbor. This is my neighbor. Oh, You're my, my neighbor, dog. Gosh, dude. We had the look on his face and, and everybody yep. just stopped. It's like that mm -hmm. moment, like you. You're passing the note in high school to your girl and then the teacher, hey, what are you doing? There's a note what is that? Tweet. And what do you say in front of the class? What do you say to Ghostface? You say, okay, sir. You know, like, oh, you it's Ghostface, it. right? Yeah. Have you seen and then the there was no problem. He was just that's like, that's not your word. Thing, you don't say that word. You say neighbor. And I've stolen that since then. What was this? Was this Jordan? This was Jordan. This was Jordan. So, because I I saw that he actually worked with a, like a, a few hip hop groups. Yeah. Um. He's worked with like De La Soul. He's worked mm -hmm. with uh, Ghostface. He's worked with Big Daddy Kane. Mm -hmm. Um. So he's got a chance to work with a, a few of the bigger names in hip hop, mm -hmm. which is really really cool. There's. I remember the day I explained to my folk band that there is a band I think from Georgia that is doing protest folk songs in hip hop and rap. And they were like, mm -hmm. you're fucking lying to us. I'm like, no. And I play them Rosa Parks by Outkast. And they're like, Outkast, I was gonna say Outkast, yeah. I had no idea. Like we, and we started mm -hmm. covering that song 
like mm-hmm. it was a protest song because it is a protest mm-hmm. song it's a folk song it's just yep. got a beat and it's got lyrics but we would trade off the verses and we do it and we replace every word with neighbor <laughs> you, you into jazz if you like jazz do us some cool projects like jasmine taz too some confusion there was that era did some confusion project. you go back now i listened to some of that lady that's what was really good man you know what i mean with donald bird he did an album with donald bird if he was hip-hop jazz and then they didn't have to sample because they were playing it. Then they still did sample and just that stuff's cool, man. Mm-hmm. On that Portis, I like Portis head too. You know what Portis Ooh, is? Very much so. Uh, yeah. Big man. fan. I that like live at Roseland record when they have the orchestra. Oh yeah, man. I figure you like that. Portis head, man. He's like, give Ooh. me a reason to love. Give me a reason. What? Right? Is that the song? Yeah, I I believe that I don't know the title. I just this stuff is just so crazy. I gotta go back and listen to it because Portis head was something that I never had ever had in my place. It was just something that I always go to somebody's spot and they just have it and play it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I heard it so many times, but it was like somebody's spot hanging out. You know what I mean? You smoke mm-hmm. it in the basement, chilling. Hey, let's put some Portishead on. Yeah, that's always cool. Everybody on the Portishead, right? And just have it's like the bass player only plays every eight bars. There's like, but dun dun. Yep. <laughs> and then a couple hours later, but dun dun. And that James Brown, oh, man. Oh, the James JBs. Like that, right? Just on the JBs. Everybody play their little part all the way through, man. Mm-hmm. And if you come off of that, I'm going to find you, man. You know, at the oh, time, yeah. James is going like that. He's finding the, when you see him going like that, uh-huh. the, he's finding $10, uh-huh. $10, $20, 30 Yeah. You, came you ever listen to those JB's records where it's just the band? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, man. Favorite. Oh, the best James Brown thing I ever heard was this guy's to go check this guy. He's like a hippie dude. He was like, man, he's calling DB. He used to work at his college radio show. He had long, long hair, man. Like long hair to the ground, remember, right? Skinny, skinny, skinny white guy, long hair to the ground. One of those college, you know, college readers, college readers, college readers, right? Anyways, and he was, but he was a nice dude. So I was always kicking with him, you know, this music thing. And he goes, one, he goes, hey, you want to listen to something, man? He goes, what? He goes, I got this uh, concert. He had a concert at James Brown right after Martin Luther King was shot. And it was the concert. I don't know if there was riots all over America. At that time, and they brought like, him you know, in. You can they... imagine after Mary, after the assassination, of the, it was just going crazy. And then he went yeah. on TV and he calmed yeah. everybody. It's in all the. I remember this. It was yeah. like the local government asked him to do it. They're like James, yeah. we need you. Okay. you have I to bring everyone together. We had a live recording mm-hmm. since we're talking music today of that concert. That was one of the best things I heard in my life. I didn't get a copy, of that, but I sat for like two and a half hours, and I, I had no words, man. You can only imagine. I can't, Crazy, I've heard man. about that. I've never heard it. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know how he's. It's one of those sneaking. It wasn't like it's like you don't have it. Like people have it, right? It's like that street thing, right? Like, yeah, man, it was snuck in and got and and, and yeah, he had it, man. Yeah, sometimes it's cool you meet certain people. That's why I always tell people to talk to everybody, man. They might open up, have something, and just blow your mind, man. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Time is going. I, I think uh, we might have to do something different. Come back again and do something again with you. This is such a good interview, man. I'm really enjoying spending this time with you, man. Oh, anytime. Thanks for, thanks anytime. for making, making room for us on your schedule. Adam's right? always, you know what, Adam, I, I, I can't say enough because Adam's always been very uh, welcoming and saying, uh, you know what, you guys want to have me on the show. It's no problem. Uh, he's been a great interview every time he's been on uh, Pod Jerky or the convention. Uh, you participated in the, uh, uh, it was that, uh, what was it, treasure hunt kind of thing? Not a treasure hunt. Uh, scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt, well, scavenger uh, hunt. With, cool. with Sarah at the convention. Did you Did you receive your prizes? I did. They came to New York and they're getting sent okay. to me. Okay, perfect. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, uh, he's always been a fantastic guest for uh, the shows and we always appreciate having you on. Do you have time yeah. for a song? Do you think I could play a song? Or do you guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. Want, yeah, let's go. yeah, for sure. That's the perfect way. Let's go. Yeah. A treat. Let's go. Oh, this is special. Yeah. Folk song. 
Um, is this something that's uh, that you just came up with, or something from before? Or this is something uh, in the moment. It's an, it's an old original. All right, my old folk band. Great, um, man. Oh, I rearranged it really and special. found it to be more um, relevant than it was. Tom, this is special here, man. Here we go, Tom. Oh my goodness, yeah. a world premiere, 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 premiere. premiere. A joke is a joke if you get it. Now I know I broke your spirit, but my heart is whispering. I hope you hear it. You don't need me to tell you why. Don't you say goodbye when you know you ain't leaving. Don't you even try if your heart is beating Cause you won't get far from me here If you're poisoned by your fear You're my bitter honey You're my sweetest tear Now a dream is a dream When you remember But when I woke I could see on and on forever Lately with the sun in my eyes and the blind defender of the one, the only one who could make me cry. Don't you say goodbye when you know you ain't leaving. Don't you even try if your heart is beating. Cause you won't get far from me if you're poisoned by your fear. You're my bitter honey, my sweetest dear. Inside you'll find a knuckleball or a second half of a rolling stone. Look inside you'll find now and then, no, oh, you may crack into. Then again. joke is a joke if you get it now i know that i broke your spirit but my heart is whispering i hope you hear it thanks guys awesome man, that was amazing that was amazing man thank you for blessing us with that man it's always nice when you get like a surprise like that to come on the show. Like this wasn't prearranged or anything. You didn't ask nope. us beforehand and say, Hey, I'm going to play something on the show. Uh, this was just a spur of the moment. I know you had a plan probably, but we, uh, we had no idea that you were going to do it. So it's always a good surprise to hear something like that. Hey man. Thanks for sharing with us, man. It's great, man. I love it, man. Thank you. Let's do this again real soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, whatever, thanks for having us. Uh, where, yeah. can they, where can uh, these people find you? What's the, the, uh, you know, the contacts and all that good stuff. Oh, I got all the social media. You can find me on any of that stuff. I'm Reagan.com okay. on Instagram, Adam Bush on Twitter, on the clubhouse. I'm, I'm, I'm easily accessible as um, director. Awesome. Will attest. Yes. Yes, he is, man. Yes. Yo, wish you and the very, best and very, very devils, lucky, man. very, very yeah. lucky that uh, we did get a response from Adam the first time I reached out to you. Cause uh, we kind of built this connection now where uh, we can talk with each other have you on the shows and uh it's just uh, amazing to have you it. on the show all you the guys time. continue to inspire yeah. me with your positivity and your energy and the, your ability to bring people together from uh, all this, over this globe this, this show too as well like the northern touch shows this is a, a new thing that we're doing like i said uh, myself thrust and our other co-host dj despair who's not here today um mm -hmm. but we're we're gonna have like tons of guests on i mean we have 
this one will air after uh, the ones that we've already aired. So, I mean, we've got another hip hop guy on Nish and we've had uh, Kwame um, that came on and did an interview with us. And he is the uh, creator and the director of the Soul on Ice uh, documentary. Um, and it's all about uh, hockey players in the NHL, like African-American hockey players in the NHL. And just a whole bunch of stuff. And it was just so amazing to talk to him as well. And uh, to have someone like you on the show is great. And uh, we're just going to keep building and building and building as, as, as we go along. And we're going to have fun with this. So it's, it's yeah, always man. a pleasure I mean, to have you on here. Definitely, man. Our aim is diversity, man. We want to show, you know, show, show, show different sides of things, right? So we'll use what we got to draw you in. And then we're going to have fun with these interviews. And thanks, man. It's a pleasure. Wish you, like I said earlier, the best to your endeavors. Blessings to your family. Hope everybody's safe and well down during these times you know what i mean and uh yeah stay yeah stay on the path man you're an awesome person man i mean any hip-hop show that'll let me sing a folk song is all right with me hey man if i'm music. ever hosting a folk show you can come up and do some hip-hop anytime well hey man maybe we can do something I, i'm still making music so hey man who knows sure. man who knows i'll send knows you if you want future, i'll send knows, i'll send man. over some uh some of the uh the music that he's got out right now yeah, if you want man. yes you know, please can, do yeah yeah, please yeah do. let's yeah, yeah we'll definitely you know when we get off this we'll stay in contact and, and tom knows tom works with me in all levels so yeah Great. once you know tom it's like you know me all right mm -hmm. thank you very much yeah. thank you uh, thanks for giving us this time this afternoon and yeah we'll definitely and uh, you know god and hopefully we'll do this again mm-hmm Take care, guys. Awesome. Right, Thanks so much, Adam. We hope you enjoyed that episode with Adam Bush. That was one of my favorite interviews to do. Guy's a fantastic guy. Um, can't say enough good about him. So we hope you were able to enjoy that episode. Don't forget to subscribe to Pod Jerky on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Jerky. You can also find us on Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R.E-E forward slash Pod Jerky. Or you can find us on Bite Size. That's B-Y-T-E-S-I-Z-E dot M-E forward slash pod jerky and as always stay safe be kind to each other and we will see you later